Hello, I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church. This podcast homily for Sexagesima Sunday is the second in a series of three podcast homilies for Jessima season. The listeners to this program may benefit from AIC seasonal video series, Jessima, the Pre-Lenten Season, which is presented in two episodes, each linked from the digital library page with the podcast version linked from the podcast archive page, all available at our website, www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. This series gives a brief history of the Jessima season, including the origin and meaning of the names, Anglican traditions of Jessima, including the seasonal colors, and commentary on the readings for the three Sundays in Jessima season in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. The Collect Epistle and Gospel readings for Sexagesima Sunday are found in Episode 2. Sexagesima Sunday, the 8th Sunday and 57th day before Easter, and not 60 days before Easter as the name implies. I discuss the error in the name in the podcast homily for Septuagesima Sunday. The epistle reading for Sexagesima Sunday is 2 Corinthians 11, verses 19 to 31, St. Paul's homily concerning dealing with the adversities of secular life, which are also referred to in the Collect for Sexagesima Sunday. St. Paul established the congregation at Corinth on his third missionary journey between 53 and 57 A.D., The area had a significant Jewish presence, which often worked against the spread of Christianity. St. Paul restates his credentials as a Jew and as a Christian in verses 22 and 23. In verses 25 and 26, he lists the many assaults on his person, beatings with both rods and whips, stonings, being shipwrecked three times, and robbed by both Jew and Gentile, both in cities and in the wilderness. Other adversities in his list in verses 27 and 28 include sleeplessness, weariness, hunger, cold, and lack of proper clothing. His message that through all this he soldiered on in the service of the church, and by implication that his readers at Corinth and by further extension in the here and the now, should do likewise. The Gospel reading for Sexagesima Sunday, Luke 8, verses 4 to 15, is the parable of the sower, another reminder to the faithful to be ready for the coming of judgment. The same parable is also found in Matthew 13, 1 to 23, and Mark 4, 1 to 20. Just before the actual verses in the pericope, St. Luke relates that Jesus and the twelve were in the Gentile region of Galilee, probably near the city of Capernaum, a Jewish enclave. St. Luke says in verse 1 that they traveled to, quote, every city and village, preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. In verses 2 and 3, he tells of how the travelers came upon a group of women, including Mary called Magdalene, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and another called Susanna, all of whom he had healed 
of various illnesses, and in the case of Mary Magdalene, driven out seven demons. They provided for the traveling party, quote, from their substance, likely meaning they provided food and lodging. Traditional scholars believe that it was these women who appear again later in the gospel as observers of his death upon the cross in Luke 23, verse 49, and as helpers in the preparation of Jesus' body for burial in Luke 23, verse 55, and at least two of them as witnesses to the resurrection in chapter 24, verse 10. There is an important lesson here beyond the words of the actual parable. These women stood by him and did not, quote, fall away. Remember that phrase when we reach the discussion of verse 13, in the face of adversity and temptation. In the context of the parable of the sower, they are the fruit of good seed fallen upon good soil. In the parable, Jesus speaks of a sower whose seed falls mostly where he intended, that is, in the fields. But some fell upon the path between the fields, where their shoots were trampled. Other seed fell upon rock, where it died for lack of moisture. Other seeds came up among the thickets, or clusters of weeds and grasses, and were choked out. Most of the sower's seeds fell upon good soil and sprouted, and yielded a bounteous crop, or, as he puts it in verse 8, grew up an hundredfold. After telling the parable, Jesus quoted the Septuagint text of Isaiah 6, verse 9. Note that the final word is followed by an exclamation point. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. St. John quoted Jesus using the same phrase several times at the end of the letters to the churches of Asia Minor in chapters 2 and 3 of Revelation. The parable is an example of Christian wisdom or understanding as opposed to knowledge. The great Eastern Saint Basil, the great bishop of Caesarea, put the idea into a petition in one of his prayers, Enlighten the eyes of my understanding. Open my ears to receive thy words. When the twelve begged for an explanation, Jesus first reminded them of the special gift they alone had received, that is, knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Here is Jesus' explanation. The seed, in verse 11, is the word of God. The seeds that fall among the paths or the wayside, in verse 12, are the ones who hear but allow the temptations of the devil to take away the seeds from their hearts, lest they grow and they be saved. As an aside here, you should consult C.S. Lewis's The Screwtape Letters for lessons in the forms in which temptation can be offered. If you have not read the Screwtape Letters, you should do so in the near future. A recent paperback version is available at Amazon and at many Barnes & Noble locations. The seeds that fell on the dry rocks in verse 13 are those who react with joy at receiving the word, but who, quote, have no root, 
who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. The phrase fall away should be understand, understood in its Old Testament context, especially Ecclesiasticus, where it, it means behavior contrary to the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which you can, is also commonly called sin. Those who easily fall away through temptation are the opposite of the people like the three Galilean women who, having heard the words of the Lord, and in the case of Mary Magdalene, been cured of seven demons, remained faithful to him to the end. The seeds that fall among the thorns, in verse 14, are those who heard but who are, quote, choked with cares, riches, and the pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. The AIC's patron, St. John Chrysostom, taught that these people, having heard the commandments, had free will to obey or disobey them. Another great early father of the church, St. Gregory the Great Bishop of Rome pointed out that one should not blame these same, quote, cares, riches, and pleasures of life for their own failure, having heard the truth of not cultivating it and allowing it to develop into a full, mature, spiritual, and inward development of the teachings of the church. This taking of the Christian truth to heart is a fundamental part of the spiritual discipline of spirit, Christian spirituality. Finally, the seeds that fell on good soil in verse 15 are those who, quote, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Again, this concept of internalizing the beliefs of the church is fundamental to the practice of Christian spirituality, which I discuss and explain in the AIC bookstore publication, Christian Spirituality and Anglican Perspective. In the parable of the sower, Jesus has offered Christians many points of instruction. These the church has developed over the years into doctrine based upon the Gospels and upon the teaching of the apostles, especially Peter, Paul, James, and Jude. Jesus has also told us that in the first century, as in the time of Isaiah seven centuries earlier, and by extension in our own time and in the years to come, 21 centuries or more later, that there will always be those who have ears to hear, but hear not, and eyes to see, and see not. Hearing with your ears and seeing with your eyes is a spiritual concept which means taking the Christian message, gospel message into your innermost spiritual being, allowing the Holy Spirit who descends upon all Christians at their baptism to continue to guide you in your life, in your daily choices, building your faith so that you do not fall away from the true faith through sin. Finally, there is one additional understanding that has lost favor with many modern Protestants who regard being saved as a once-in-a-lifetime and irreversible event. In light of the parable of the sower, you should find evidence in the writings of the Apostle Paul that even those who have heard can fall away from their belief. St. Paul's suggested antidote was the constant perfecting of salvation, by which he means nourishment and development of one's faith. 
At this time of the year, just days away from the penitential season of Advent, we should start to ponder the ways in which each can focus on repentance and restore our behavior to the right way as we come closer to the celebration after Lent of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Other AIC resources on topics discussed in this podcast homily are available on our website, www.anglicaninternetchurch.net, with the seasonal and Christian education videos linked from the digital library page, the Bible study videos from the Bible study page, podcast versions of all three videos from the podcast archive page. Information about any of our AIC bookstore publications is available through the virtual bookstore link at the bottom of the home page. First, The Lives of the Saints, a multi-episode Christian education video series presented in two separate series. From the first series, episode 5 is focused on St. Paul and episode 14 on St. Matthew. In the second series, Gregory the Great is the focus of episode 14. Revelation, an idealist interpretation, an AIC bookstore publication, includes chapters 2 and in chapters 2 and 3, a discussion of references to ears that hear and do not hear in the letters to the seven churches of Asia Minor. The same material is discussed in episode 4 through episode 8 in the AIC Bible study series of the same name. Christian Spirituality, an Anglican perspective, offers insights into the spiritual discipline of Christian spirituality demonstrated in the life and writings of Archbishop Cranmer, the development of personal prayer habits, and examples of the apostolic wisdom of Peter and Paul, James and Jude. Beliefs of the Anglican Church, a summary of important church words and doctrines handed down from the apostles. And finally, Layman's Lexicon, in which you should consult the words, the entries for heaven on pages 105 to 106, judgment 125 to 127, Kingdom 127 to 129, Salvation 196 to 197, Second Coming 202 to 203, Spirituality 213 to 214, and Virtues 234 to 235. The closing prayers are a prayer by our patron St. John Chrysostom based upon Matthew 24 verses 1 and 2 and the collect for Sexagesima Sunday which Archbishop Cranmer adapted for the 1549 Book of Common Prayer from the Gregorian Sacramentary. O Lord, let us give heed to virtue and flee vice that we may also attain the good things to come by the grace and love towards mankind by our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom and with whom be glory unto the Father, together with the Holy Spirit, now and always, world without end. Amen. O Lord God, who seest that we put not our trust in anything that we do, mercifully grant that by thy power we may be defended against all adversity, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen.
This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and make use of its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.